Welcome back, everybody, to today's Found in Prague podcast with Youth Praha team. We are excited for this week to be sharing with you all. We hope that last week brought some entertainment and um, that it's just a fun way to connect with you guys. We've been thinking about um, all the Youth Praha um, participants, and hopefully we're excited if you're new to us um, and it's your first time listening to us. We just want to welcome you. And tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about just our youth. Um, we're all different ages here. And as last week we mentioned, we're all from different countries. So um, we're just, we all have different backgrounds and different upbringings. And we just wanted to share a little bit about that. And hopefully um, it will inspire you guys where whatever stage of life you're in, um, that life keeps moving on and you can grow and change with with everything that happens. So uh, without any further ado, um, we just wanted to kind of share a little bit about our backgrounds. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna ask Leslie real quick if um, he wants to share about his his upbringing. Leslie, did you uh, have siblings growing up? Where did you grow up? What was life like for you? Thank you, Miranda. And uh, yes, I have siblings. I'm number eight of four sisters and three brothers, same mom, same dad. But it kind of sucked to be the last of them all. You know, you have to be oppressed. Everyone tells you what to do. And you just get kicked around, you know. But um, so for what it is, I'm a Nigerian. I was born somewhere in Nigeria. And I was uh, born six months uh, before my EDD. That is, if you know what EDD is, estimated day of delivery. And somehow I showed up before my time. Nobody thought I was going to make it. So I had the privilege to spend some time in an incubator. And you know, like growing up, my dad was a Jaywit, a Jehovah's Witnesses. And my mom was not. So she was going to a different church. Then as a kid, that's that tore me up deep inside because my dad wanted me to go with him. And my mom kind of knew that was the wrong way to go. And it was always this balance. But I think somewhere within when I was 13, 13 years old or 14 years old, I, my sisters, they were kind of going with my mom. And somehow they, I mean, I was closer to my sisters, just so you know. And they usually braid my hair. And that's why I burnt on my kid, my childhood photos, because I looked really like a girl and I didn't like it. So I just woke up one morning, gathered the photos and burnt them up. But that's that. So they kind of was, because I was closer to them, they would always like, let's go, let's go. So I followed them in this very great day. I followed my sister and somehow for the first time in my life I could really feel the presence of God like 
I mean, before then, to me, God was just an idea. And at home, it was politics, <laughs> you know, mom and dad. So it was just an idea for mom and dad. It was politics. And until I really encountered the real God. And after then, I was like, you know what, dad? You're wrong. I'm kidding. I just kind of found out the, the truth that uh, his way wasn't the way. And I had to discover God for myself and developed a relationship for myself so at the age of 13 I I mean for me that was accountability and I made up my mind to you know keep at it learn and to date I am still discovering God because I haven't even seen anything yet and I'm hoping to see more I hope that answers your question Miranda <laughs> yeah no, that's so good. It sounds like you really just had, um, yeah, kind of a two poles in your, in your childhood to two different directions. And it's really neat that you kind of found or discovered, discovered God at a young age with, with your siblings and what a sweet thing with your sisters. That's, that's really neat. I was just thinking about Amy because um, Amy grew up as a pastor's as a as a pastor's kid as a PK and um, and also with a bunch of siblings. So something kind of similar to Leslie there. Um, what was that kind of like, Amy? And what kind of things do you think like you wish you could have told yourself um, as a kid or as a teenager as a kid that you know now? Oh uh, yeah, I have seven siblings as well, but I'm the third out of eight. And so I'm sorry to hear that you were kicked around, Leslie, because I adore my youngest brother. He's only nine and he's just the cutest thing. So I know every family is a little different when it comes to <laughs> big, big families, but um, I like to joke that my parents thought that I was such a gift from God because six months after I was born is when they started pastoring and then they pastored for about 23 years. So all the siblings after me all have Bible names, but I think, yeah, growing up in that kind of environment was super interesting. Um, I was really sheltered, I think, which is not necessarily a bad thing in most ways, but as I got older, like definitely having those questions of what does it look like to have faith for myself? Why do my parents have certain rules? Um, my two older siblings were a little more crazy. And so I got to watch their example and be like, okay, that's what I don't want to be like when I grow up. So I feel like that kind of helped. And then, um, yeah, really trying to figure out what my place was because being a middle child of eight, you also kind of get a little lost in some of the numbers of all the siblings, you know, cause the oldest two are kind of doing their own thing and mom and dad are basically just trying to keep them you know, alive. And then the youngest kids are just super cute. So you're like, Hey, yeah, they're, they're doing fine. And then us middle kids were like, okay, where do we fit in? So I think, yeah, if I had to tell my younger self something, it's just like, don't worry about it. Like you're going to be fine. And you know, you'll find your own place. It's not a competition. And I think, yeah, looking back now, I'm like each one of us has such a different personality and it's really, really like, interesting to see people growing into their own identities in such a big family like that. 
So, what I really meant by the kick around was that uh, I was like my <laughs> the family toy. Everyone wanted to pick me up. Everyone wanted to play with my hair because I really had. They said I had a very cute hair, which I didn't find cute because I'm like, if it makes you want to, like, I felt molested, you know, everyone wants to touch your hair. And that's <laughs> nice. what I meant by the kick around, like everyone wants to play with you. It, it just sounds like there is no position in family that is great because like either you are the youngest one and everyone kicks you around or you're the oldest one, parents trying to keep you from dying, you know, like the middle one. Is not the great also because you're somewhere in the middle. So I'm really wondering if there is a place like what is the best, you know, place to be born? Uh, like what's the number? Like what's the perfect one? I agree how Amy was talking about her family. How is it how good it was to be in a middle child uh, to see younger siblings, how cute they are. And like, you know, see the examples of older siblings and not learn from their mistakes. I think middle child is the best. Uh, I have an older sister. And a younger brother and um what i loved is that my uh even though i'm the oldest guy in, in our sibling trio uh, i still had a sister who was outgoing and very boyish a tomboy you would say and so i could learn a lot of uh, nuances of how to be a boy properly in a way <laughs> that is very strange i would say but it's grateful that i was able to take care of my brother as a middle child because when my parents will be always traveling, it was great to uh, learn how to be responsible with my life, responsible with my time, responsible with uh, different things, which if I was the youngest, I don't think I've ever, ever experienced. But um, I see that middle child also has an ad advantage of, of educating, uh, properly learning education in a way that is very unique where because your parents don't actually care about you in a way it's funny you know it's like because they have the youngest and the oldest the oldest they cared a lot and the middle child they care a little bit but they already have the youngest you know so, so that sad, man. <laughs> you know they have to take care of the youngest so i'm the middle child who's like uh what am i supposed to do <laughs> it always happens that way so i just figure out by myself usually and um that is you know it might be a disadvantage when I, when I was young but as I grew up I realized that that was a great advantage for me to just be very you know direct with my identity in a way I found it from a very young childhood so is there other middle child here other than Amy and me or is Henry no I'm an oldest oh you're the oldest I'm an oldest what about I'm you? The, I'm, I'm the youngest. <laughs> Henry, oh, yes, you're the youngest. youngest. Yeah, I'm the youngest as oh. well. Wow. But but I, feel I think bad for the youngest. I think <laughs> I think my my uh, position is unique. I think uh, I'm the only one having eleven years gap between the oldest and the youngest. And how many uh, siblings do you have, Alex? We are two in the family. So the only other sibling I have is my older brother. So don't they say? I think when there's like a gap of I, it's either seven or nine years that basically then like if there's nobody in between that space, then that younger child actually has the traits of an oldest child as well as a youngest child, because there's such a huge age gap. Have you guys ever heard that before? No, but 
What I can confirm is that I was kicked around a lot. There is no fight I could could win <laughs> when your brother is 11 years older. That's uh, fair. Yeah, yeah. I tried, I tried, but the um, the only argument he always had was when when we were trying to fight um, or or I tr I was trying to fight him. The only argument I could hear back was, well, who do you think parents will believe? You know, so I had no chances, no chances, zero. So, yeah, that was yep. my experience. What, what about yours, Miranda? Yeah, so I was the oldest or am the still the oldest. That hasn't changed. I didn't magically get an older sibling. Um, and I have a younger sister and a younger brother. And um, yeah, growing up with them was really interesting. Definitely my my little brother, he's the youngest and he was my baby. Um, he's still my baby. He's 20 years old now and he's still my baby. Um, <laughs> but, and my sister and I, we kind of hated each other growing up. Like when we were kids, we really did not get along. We were just totally opposite. I was really extroverted and probably really bossy. She was more introverted. And um, so we just didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. So it led to a lot of um, just like misunderstandings. And it was really interesting because at some point in our high school years, um, we kind of both just decided we were like, let's try to understand each other. <laughs> like, I remember like we had this conversation where we were like, can we just like try to like understand each other and like get out of ourselves? And it was so crazy because something really beautiful happened once we actually kind of stopped looking at ourselves and actually tried to understand each other. We became best friends and she's still today, like one of my best friends in the whole wide world. And um, so it was really interesting. And I've learned so much, I think, through that relationship with my sister about how God has created everybody differently and how we can work together. And so I think for me, um, that really marked a, a huge part of who I am today is seeing the beauty in the differences of people and the way that we operate and appreciating them. Like Casey and I now, um, that's my sister. Um, when we talk on the phone, we both just like marvel at each other. Like we'll just sit there on the phone and be like, oh my gosh, you're just the coolest person in the whole wide world. Like how are you so cool? And um, just, I think it's just the beauty of growth in God. And I really would encourage anybody listening, no matter what sibling you have, whether you hate your sibling or um, whether you love your sibling, that there's, if, if you guys are worried about your future, um, there's always hope in just taking time to listen and observe and seeing what other people are like or what um, what makes them tick and it can really open and be a really beautiful opportunity for, for growth and friendship. And I really have just appreciate my sister now. And I'm so thankful for that experience. Um, but it's sad because I don't live near her and that's, that makes me sad sometimes, but, um, I think it's interesting because here we all are in Prague and, I'm just curious, like, did anybody ever think that they would live in a different country when they were growing up in as a teenager? Like, 
I don't know. Did you ever think you'd live in a different country? No, and I would never think I would live in, like, end up living in Prague. It was an interesting journey, like, um, because I was born in Moldova. And uh, we lived there for uh, 15 years. And then uh, we moved to Moscow, uh, Russia, um, and lived there for another 10 years and then I moved to Prague. Um, but yeah, um, none of these places uh, other than the country I was born at, I would guess at any point of my life that I will uh, be at. So it's it was um, both of these moves were kind of a surprise for me. I wasn't waiting for them and I wasn't thinking about them. Um, but I definitely know that um, both of these uh, moves um, were perfectly planned by God and he had a plan um, and I could see it uh, retrospectively looking back uh, like I can definitely see it and I honestly can't imagine uh, what my life would be if, in, if I wouldn't move so he knew the perfect timing and you know perfect place for me to to move to um, so yeah that's that's my experience. I think for me, I would say I was looking forward to the escape, you know, to a different place. But somehow, I think somewhere between 14 and 15, I started feeling like indifferent about moving because, like I said, I discovered God, that uh, he wasn't just an idea of politics. He was the real deal. And I wanted to stay back at you know, where I was just enjoying the growth and the, the friendships because one thing moving did to me was it, it like almost destroyed everything because whether you like it or not, your friends, they matter. Getting friends that do not believe uh, or are not involved in, you know, the faith or the things you, like you believe in God and then your friends are like, totally against it and they're like these worldly friends are like let's go do this let's go party come on don't be a jack you're young you know I had an encounter with such friends and they kind of for some period of time like almost pulled me away from everything I had discovered and enjoyed but God is so loving and somehow he pulled me back and I'm grateful to that but like that question if there's something I would change in my uh, teenage years, my growing up, I would change actually some of the people I met as friends. I would definitely want love to do that. And that's why nowadays I'm careful of the friends that I make and the people that I, you know, converse and share my time with. Um, one thing I forgot to say, but um, I think it's really important to say was, um, and I think, and I think like 
a lot of teenagers they go through it because when I was uh, moving, um, it I was in the ninth grade and then I moved to another country uh, because I was living in one country for these first 15 years. Uh, was I lost all my friends, all the connections I had, and I had to um, move somewhere where I didn't know everyone or anyone. And like at, at this point of my life, it was it was a really weird situation because um, when you grow up with someone for a long time, you have a lot of memories to share and a lot of experiences. And then when you drop this and when you move somewhere else, you you find new friends, but it's not the same because you don't have these experiences you grew up together in, right? And then, yes, you can find a really close friend, but this friendship is different from like the one if you know a person from when you were really a small child. And it, it was a really hard time for me because I like I didn't know it before I moved it. But when I moved it, I realized it quite a few times that there is no like I wouldn't be able to build these kind of connections anymore. Um, and I feel like uh, probably someone listening to this podcast will probably like find themselves in these places where they cannot identify themselves with the people they knew, like where they were growing up. And they also cannot identify themselves with the people to the place where they moved to because they are like a new kid on a block, right? You don't have these connections yet in the place you moved to, but you also don't have these connections anymore from the place where you moved from because people keep living their lives and you are not there anymore. And yeah, that, that was one of the things I, I experienced. And I think most of the people who moved somewhere experience in their life. Yeah, that's so true. I think, I mean, I think that's why there's the third culture kids, you know, third culture. It's, it's stuck between two cultures. And me personally, I had no idea that that was even a thing. I didn't grow up like that. Like I, I just grew up you know, in Arizona, in the US. And that was that. But it until I moved to Prague, I didn't know what that was like. And it's been really interesting to see that. And I was just thinking about you, Henry, because you, you kind of grew up in a lot of different places, right? Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, I really second what Alex was saying. Um, really can relate to that um, because that's exactly what happened. So I grew, I grew up in Germany. I was born there. Uh, but then when I turned 13, my family moved um, to Vietnam. And um, I remember that everything was completely brand new to go to a different country, to not know the language, completely different culture. You can imagine Europe compared to Asia. Um, and then... Uh, build a new life there with new friends and also i didn't speak english very well back then so i went to international school and it was like very strange i ended up coming back um for a visit uh, to germany one year later and it felt like everything has kind of changed people have moved on uh, they've kind of moved on so <laughs> and you have your own life now in a different place but at the same time those people that you know now they knew each other from before and you kind of didn't. So you didn't have the same connection. So I get completely what Alex is saying. 
Um, but that's part of that third culture, I think, uh, third culture kid. And part of that, um, well, there's obviously an advantage and disadvantage to traveling and going to different places, right? I think definitely an advantage is to be able to experience different cultures, to see so much at a young age. I'm sure a lot of the kids who are listening right now, third culture kids as well, they must have experienced something similar like this. Um, but it's now thinking back about it, looking back about it, it's really amazing to see how at a very young age to have had the opportunity to move to different places, to experience different cultures like this. It's not every day. Actually, it's only a very small percentage of people who would have this privilege. So I, I definitely am very thankful for that. Um, so I spent two years in Vietnam between grade eight and nine. Um, I went to an American international school there. And then actually I decided to move to Australia to continue my studies. Um, so uh, I, I went, ended up moving to Sydney in Australia. I did two and a half years over there, which is again, a completely <laughs> different story that completely different environments, people who, who, who've been at the same school with the same friends growing up since like primary school. And here comes the new kid on the block. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I completely get it, but it was very exciting. Um, I ended up finishing my high school there and then moving uh, back to Europe, um, to the Netherlands this time to do my university. So there's different steps. Every couple of years I would move countries and, and it would be a different place, but every place I would go to, there would be a new challenge. And actually probably some of you guys might feel that way, but after you've done that a couple of times, it almost becomes a normal. So it becomes difficult to stay at one place for long. So it became a thing where actually I didn't want to stay at one place for long anymore. So I actually ended up staying in the Netherlands for five and a half years, which was one of the longest times I've stayed in the place. And then I really felt the need to move somewhere else. So again, I moved back to Vietnam, a new challenge. Uh, nine months later, somehow I ended up in Prague after I received an offer. So again, a new place, different place. But yeah, again, it's a really valuable experience, I feel, to be able to do this, to be able to have the flexibility. Because I know a lot of my friends who were locals, they really found that difficult. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. I was just thinking about that. Like, what do you think is... <clears throat> something that has kind of shaped you that you really appreciate about yourself or something that you feel like God revealed to you through those experiences? Like, had you not had that, had you not been in a state of moving so many times, like what kind of insight do you think that that's given you on life? I think this really opens your horizon. First of all, um, to your, your mindset becomes more broad. So your playing ground becomes global inherently um, if you've moved around a lot. I mean, a lot of these kids, they probably came from the States or even some from South Africa. You know, that's a whole nother part of the world, right? So your, your thinking becomes more global. Uh, so when you're thinking of moving or doing something, it becomes definitely much more global than maybe somebody who has grown up more in, in, in one place. Um, personally, for me, of course, there's a special place for for like that that uh, that I have for all this because it, if it wasn't for the fact that I moved to Australia I would not have um, come to know Christ 
because actually I grew up in, not in a Christian family. I grew up in a, in atheist family. Um, in fact, my father was very much against anything religion. My mom used to be Catholic, but then she fell out of it after uh, marrying my father. And uh, yeah, I was never surrounded by any Christian friends, for sure not. Um, it was only when I moved to Australia and my mom, after rediscovering her faith uh, when moving to Vietnam, uh, she kind of forced me to go to Christian school <laughs> and uh, in the hope that I would somehow, you know, come to, to, to know God. And I was very resistant, I remember, very resistant because um, she took me one time to church in, in Vietnam. And I remember these weird people holding up their hands like, and then like their eyes closed, like looking really intense. And I would I would be halfway laughing and feeling it so weird. I remember even mocking my mom at one point. I was so bad uh, if I think back about it. I was mocking my mom because I was uh, thinking how ridiculous that looked. Um, and lo and behold, you know, when I went to Australia, uh, in the end to a Christian school, um, ended up living with a Christian family for the first time away from my family, I could slowly start to see what all this is about the faith and it all started with living with a christian family and really feeling the love that they would give you and starting to question why do they act the way that they do and maybe some of you guys grew up in a christian family and you might take that for granted but as somebody who did not grow up in a christian home i could see a very stark difference between a family which is really filled with the love of God and they act that way. There's so much warmth and so much joy in their house oftentimes in comparison to, well, my family was, 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 was a happy family, but you could see there was something that the other family had, which I didn't have, which is what caused me to be interested to listen when I was 15. Yeah. And they took me to youth uh, as youth praha now, it took me to youth group on, 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 on Friday evenings. And I just started to listen and things started to click slowly. Um, and that's how I developed my own faith eventually. It started to click all one. But it all came out of an experience of, of love with a family that I was living with. So, yeah, if it wasn't for me moving to Australia, I would, I don't know. I mean, hopefully I would have still somehow encountered God along the way, but not the way my life would not have been in this path. So these days, when I go back to my mom to visit, I always thank her for this decision to well, force me. Well, sometimes as a kid, you don't know what you want, to be honest. And, you know, everyone needs to be honest with that. Um, sometimes parents might know better. So because she insisted, this is the experience that I received out of it. To chime in on what it was to be a teenager. Uh, but something unusual for me is like at 10, I moved away from the country I used to live, which was Uzbekistan, which I used to speak Russian and English. And I didn't speak Korean. And my family moved to Korea. We thought it was just a summer vacation. And we ended up not able to come back because the country blocked our visa blacklisted us so we didn't move anything we thought it was a summer vacation and we just couldn't go back so we didn't have anything 
and we were stuck there. Now I have to go to Korean school, which I don't speak Korean. At the very beginning, I'm speaking Russian, Korean, and English in one sentence. <laughs> and then I finally learned Korean a little bit after two and a half years. And suddenly my family is decided, oh, let's move to Czech Republic, which actually took almost a year. <laughs> and we lived in a house where we boxed everything up. We just lived like that for a year until we actually booked our flight. And then I moved here and I forgot English. I forgot Russian. I barely know Korean that well. And now I'm in Czech school. And that was really bad. I was learning Czech. I didn't have Korean English. I, had, I didn't have any language uh, knowledge or basis. So that was a nightmare for me. After going to Czech school for half a year, I ended up uh, family making me go to an English school, which was uh, thankful because I was able to bring back my English. I think wow. that is that was really difficult for me, but at the same time, I think in a way it made me acknowledge how difficult it was to settle in uh, as a teenager, especially at that age point. So those who are traveling at that age, moving to a different country, I truly uh, know what they're going through. So I try to, for especially uh, many people I've met, move when they're 10 and they think they're fine, but I know how much it hurts their heart leaving their friends, leaving their country. So mm, I think that will be the most uh, difficult thing in my teenage years. It seems like, yeah, there's a lot of obstacles to kind of overcome in, in the midst of just normal teenage lives. Like I think we all probably went through, um, you know, just those times of trying to figure out who, who am I? What am I doing? <laughs> what do I want to do when I, you know, graduate or just all these questions. And then in the midst of it, changing schools, changing, you know, having to build friendships and different things like that. It's, it's so many obstacles, but I think it's um, neat that you guys have had that experience, like just even hearing Henry and um, Sean and Alex, just even of like finding, finding God in the midst of all of that. And um, yeah, just, Henry, I loved just hearing even just how those experiences led you to finding Christ and now who you are today. Like, I just so appreciate who you are and just the love that you have for, for God. It's just so beautiful. I, I just think it's such an, life is such an interesting journey. And it's funny to look back on what we've been through to the place that we're getting or the place that we're at right now and the places that we're going. And I think to anybody listening, um, I just want to encourage you to take time to um, reflect on your past and how that's made you the person that you are today. And also think about the person that you want to become. And that is leading me to the question that I've been wanting to ask all night. And I'm going to ask it to Amy Byers because I don't know. I feel like Amy, you just, you might have like a good response to this one, but someday 
The people we are now will be our younger selves. What do you think the future you would say to the present you? I think right now I'm learning like a lot about who I am, even like, like you learn so much as a teenager, but even as a young adult, like, I feel like I'm learning even more about myself and and how I'm growing. And I think if the future me could talk to present me, I don't know. I live in the future a lot. My mind is always thinking like, you know, what, what is it going to be like, or how is this going to affect things in a few years. So I try not to think about the future too much because then I overthink the future. However, I do think it's just, again, like not trying to make everything perfect right now and really letting like the journey as cliche as the saying is, but the journey is actually more important than the, than the destination. Most of the time you learn so much along the journey. And if you're so worried about what you're going to do in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, you're going to miss the beauty of the moment that you're living in right now. And today is something that you're never going to have again. So what, what do you want to experience today? What are you wanting to make the most out of today and in the present and let that continue to shape who you're going to be in the future? That's what I would say. I love that. I think that's a good word for all of us that even just challenges is challenges me <laughs> to just take time to just realize and enjoy the place that you're at. And, um, no, I think as well, like, um, I've, this has been a revolutionary quote for me, um, which has been, don't let your pursuit of purpose become greater than your pursuit of Christ. Um, I was always a young person that was always so interested in my purpose in life. And, and I still am. And it's still something that I think is really important that each person gets to discover. Um, but in the midst of that, that our pursuit of Christ should be number one. So um, that's been like a really huge um, revelation for me in, in these recent um, months and yeah yeah i would i would just really second that um Miranda, what you're saying that the pursuit of christ because um especially when we're young i feel like we have a lot of things in our heart and our mind that we want to do that we want to accomplish that we you know want to think about and it's 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 a very healthy thing to want to dream I think that's really important um, as, as a young person. Um, the only thing, especially now to link to the question that you asked, and I think uh, it's really important is that um, to involve God in that journey. And I find it to be an absolute blessing and advantage to do so. Because whereas a lot of times, um, maybe a lot of your fellow peers who might know might not know God or not know him the way that uh, they ought to, it's, 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 it can be a bit of a frustrating experience as a young person to know what to do or, or where to go, you know, because it's, it becomes something that you want to do, that you want to accomplish. And, and it co- becomes a completely different thing if we involve God in the decision-making process. And I think a very practical way about it is to, 
consistently pray about certain things that uh, we ought uh, you know, to do, whether or not we ought to do them, where, whether or not to go to this place, to involve God in that, because it gives a certain certainty in the heart and confidence that you can have and a peace that you might not have if you don't involve God in it. Um, I, uh, I've, I've, I really want to also like highlight again earlier what Leslie was saying about the friends you surround yourself with. Because whatever you surround yourself with and also what you consume in, in, in terms of media, social media and whatnot, what content you consume very much dictates how you think and how you approach situations. And that is why it is so key to surround yourself and to consume the right kind of content. Of course, content such as this, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> also, no. Henry just aside. swooping in with plugs right here <laughs> to the thing no. that we're actually on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No jokes aside, but to really have good friends that you can trust, but also wise friends. And to be honest, when you, when you look for wise friends, it is a good, a good direction to look towards is also friends who are strong in their relationship with God. Because I can only say this from my own personal point of view. It's not about being religious or anything like this. It's that when you see people who have um, a close relationship with God, they oftentimes display a certain sense of maturity or wisdom that we really can rub off on, right? And um, depending on whether or not you are close to them, uh, you can benefit, or if you are surrounded maybe with a lot of people who are in a different direction, you might be swayed to go to that direction as well. It's very easy to get swayed like this, right? Hence, this focus on surrounding yourself with the right kind of people is very important. Of course, it is tough. I'm not going to lie. Of course, if you have an existing uh, friend circle, maybe that you love hanging out with, but if you can tell that they are starting to drift in a certain direction, which is very much against um, a lot of the things um, that uh, you know you ought not to do, you know whether it's I don't know, I'll just put down some examples here. But maybe they 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 focus too much on you know I don't know getting drunk or, or doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. You know, um, then you should be probably be a bit more weary in that. It does take courage though to say no to that. But I'm just saying that it is very beneficial to really rethink also, you know, who you surround yourself with and what you consume. Uh, Henry took my words from my mouth. Yes, I, I, I think uh, like he, he exactly said what I was thinking about is it's very important to have a really good friend that leads you or helps you to be uh, close to God, right? That doesn't lead you away from God. It also is really important that you personally know God and you can have this focus. And it doesn't matter what people will surround you, you will still be like your first and main reason to keep in the right direction would be a desire to follow God. So that way you won't be led away by this people surrounding you doing crazy things, right? And then the third one is that uh, you should trust God in your journey because he will definitely bring you to where you need to be. Uh, and because uh, I had a lot of times when I was uh, very uncertain what future holds, 
but I think God always will find you where you're at and he will bring you where you need to be. That's, that's what my three thoughts were while Henry was talking. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. I love um, that last word. I'm going to leave us today with the word courage. Um, because I think really when we think about all these different things, when we listen to um, our stories, when the, the listeners are thinking about their own stories or maybe their friends' stories, um, it takes courage to continue on this journey of life and courage to discover who you are, to discover who Christ is. Um, maybe you don't know who Jesus Christ is, or maybe you do know who he is, but it takes courage to keep walking on this journey of life. And I hope that um, this, this podcast kind of brings you hope and encourages you um, to have courage, you know, that we've, we've walked the, each our own individual journeys and we're still learning, we're still growing. And um, we just wanna be available to walk with those listening and um, yeah, just encourage you guys to um, in in your walks and in, in as you're growing into um, the people that you're called to be. Um, so I think that's gonna kind of wrap up tonight tonight's discussion. Um, please uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Alex, what else do we have? up right now youtube and twitter youtube and twitter <laughs> well we hope that everybody has a good next week um and ponder some of these things that we talked about and we will um be back to you guys in two weeks from now and um we hope you're all doing well and we will talk to you next time